put the milk chips in the milk, and now I don't feel so good, Larry. Why would you put the... Uh... Oh, right. Milk chips. How do you like that? It's a callback to our last episode. Yeah. So those those who, you know, you remember that happened a week ago. And everyone who listened to that a week ago will hopefully remember. Connect the dots and find a little callback. Yeah, that's Larry... how callbacks work. <laughs> Larry... Nintendo's Famicom had no shortage of big-name games prior to 1985. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong Jr. Math, Clue Clue Land, Donkey Kong 3, Mappy... You remember Mappy, right? Yeah, he's the little bird. Yeah, little bird guy. But it was Shigeru Miyamoto's Super Mario Brothers that revolutionized the system and the industry. Super Mario has spawned many sequels and has become just as much an institution as the medium itself. If you ask Miyamoto back in 1985 where he thought his game would be now, he definitely would not tell you that the collective masses are honking at Bowser, but they are, so... It's great. Well, to be fair, they're honking at to specifically Bowser uh, when subjected to a certain item. Oh, is that what other people are doing? I think so. Oh, no. Oh no. Well, you know, uh, what can you say about uh, Super Mario Brothers? Like, re- what can you say? It's been talked about to death, and now we've got to talk about it, so. Um, yeah. Larry, I have a surprise for you today, and I want to get to it. Uh, so, we're going to talk about the three first uh, Super Mario Brothers games on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Very, very quickly, because like I said, there is pretty much nothing that I think you or I could possibly add to the discussion. Well, then by all means, let's try. Yes. Like, <laughs> nothing to say about this. Uh, well, no, I, so I just want to touch on, on basically my experience with these games very quickly, and then we're going to get on to something else. Uh, because the Mario games are on the list, uh, following the list, we have to talk about them. Uh, so I... Back in the day, like oh, Super oh, Mario was like the game that I went to go play at my grandfather's house uh, specifically, and he had the two for one cart with uh, Duck Hunt on it. Yeah, and wait, so play so that I, game with him a lot. I thought this whole thing was supposed to be like games that you never got to play as a. No, child. no, no. Some some of these are are just games that I have not revisited for a very long time and wanted to go back to and see if like my opinion on them has changed in any way since getting older. Uh, Having played the first three Mario Brothers games ever again, my opinion has not changed, but whatever they're on the list. So, okay. I just wanted, just wanted to basically quickly share that, you know, a lot of my experiences with these Mario games was playing them with my grandfather specifically, and so they hold a very special place in my heart because uh, my grandfather uh, played a very large role in me getting into video in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. So, Mario 1 and to an extent Mario 2, I played pretty much any time I went over to his place. And, you know, we'd pass the controller back and forth. Uh, but like, Mario 2, I remember not liking much as a kid because it was so different. Uh, but, like, that is one of the ones where my opinion has kind of changed because going back as an adult, that's a really, really fucking good game. It is. Uh, and I think what you think about that is not uncommon either because it's such a weird departure. Uh, I always liked it. But it always was definitely a weird thing that was just this completely different thing in the middle. Uh, because yeah. I think I probably played it after three. I think. I 
I definitely, I, I think I did back in the day play these in order because three, my grandpa had that, but he got it kind of later. Uh, that that was like a weird. Oh, we're in the '90s now, and I'm going to buy Super Mario Brothers three sort of thing. Um, sure. Because I mostly played that at like the daycare that my mom dumped my ass at every day. I mean, Mario two also. Just the look of it, it looks way better than most NES games. Like, I don't know what kind of wizardry they pulled off on that, but just the sprites and everything in it are way better yeah. than almost anything else. Got Birdo in that game. Pick up the, the sphere, and then the hawk opens its mouth, and you walk into it. You uh, detonate a bomb, and it makes a like cartoon effect that says, Bomb! Hell Yeah! Man, Mario Brothers 2 is really good. Luigi and then, like, all the characters control totally differently yep. from one another, so you actually have, like... The, the thing I always really liked about that game... Or not, not always, because it had to... I didn't like it back in the day. But the thing that I like about it now is that you can actually sort of get a sense of who you want to play as before you take on a level. Like, who's the best fit for this one? I don't... I don't really follow that, because I don't know how you would know what you need beforehand. I mean, like, if you're going back and replaying it, you can oh, kind of figure, yes. like, oh, I would rather play this level with this character. Like, the one with the magic carpet specifically, like, very early on, I would go in as Peach because you had the floaty jump, and so it made the platforming a hell of a lot easier. Um, and the one, yeah, there was Martin, one with the part in a cave where I always picked Luigi because he would be able to jump this, like, weird corridor at this one point. Uh, yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mario is a, a very good game. Uh, I did not play as part of this this set, uh, the Japanese version of Mario 2. That is one that I actually have like never sat down and played more than the first level of. Well, I um, played through it all on um, Super Nintendo with the uh, All-Stars cart. Yeah. So that's actually how I'm going to play that game, is I'm, I'm waiting to do that until I get to Super Mario All-Stars. Um, and yeah, Mar- Mario 3, That's uh, for me, that is the best one in that initial trilogy like absolutely just the first yeah the first one to introduce like actual world uh variety and like consistently throwing different gimmicks at you um just an incredibly good game if you're some weird ass who has never played mario 3 you need to sit down and reevaluate your life and play mario 3 mario 3 um, introduced the angry sun yeah it did but then, so, like, two also the had that mask that flew around at you. Yeah, that Fanto. was kind of some. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say about the first three Mario games, because seriously, everything that we just touched on is shit that everyone has said in a YouTube video or a podcast or some dumbass write-up on the internet. Larry, I want to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Now you're talking. This is yeah. exactly what... <laughs> this is right up my alley. <laughs> I started thinking about like okay how are we going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers games and then I figured fuck it throw it all out 65 million years ago a meteor crashed into the earth goodbye dinosaurs goodbye dinosaurs yep So the Mario okay. Brothers movie is amazing with a giant egg being delivered to a convent uh, yes. egg in a basket with blankets on it. <laughs> Which the nuns just decide to raise as their own. I well, I got the impression that it hatched like immediately. Like as soon as they brought it in, it hatched. 
Oh yeah, might have. Um, Does it like show yeah, picking I, up at like right, and then the very next thing is the hand. Oh out. right. Yeah, I'm looking at the summary. It does say the egg is in hashes containing an infant girl. But also, I just like that these nuns see a egg hatch with a human girl inside, or at least they assume it's human, uh-huh. and then just decide to raise it as their own. Yes. Perfectly normal, um, perfectly ordinary birth in the Bronx. Scapellis. Mm. I've seen this so, movie far uh, too many times. Considering I remember the name of the rivals to the Mario Brothers plumbing company. Goomba! Yeah, the Scapellis are just, uh, they're mafia-operated. Yes, I never the see them they are, either. Yeah, they are a, uh, a construction company um, that the Mario Brothers take issue with. They're, they're not like a, a rival plumbing company per yeah. se. But, I thought uh, they were other plumbers. That's always what I got from it. No, uh, the the Wikipedia says, uh, "quote They are on the verge of being driven out of business by the mafia-operated uh, Scapelli Construction Company, led huh. by Anthony Scapelli." So I would assume that that part of their construction services is plumbing, but they are construction first and foremost. I wonder if that's something like from a novelization or something, because from what I remember in the movie, it's basically just like, "Ah, the Scapellis beat us here," and that's basically it. I bet you can't wait until we talk about Super Mario All-Stars in which I just order a copy of the Super Mario Brothers movie novelization and read from it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'd take it. Yeah. I think I'm going to look up how much of that is after this podcast. Uh, but uh, as as they're dealing with the Scapellis and their nonsense, Luigi ends up meeting a young woman uh, named Daisy, who is the egg baby uh, that after... we saw. After he gets bored on a couch and puts a, one of those pin art things on his face so he looks like Trent Reznor in the only video. Directed by David Fincher. Uh, yeah. Um, but Daisy is like a, a college student who uh, is basically doing some archaeology thing and she finds uh, dinosaur bones under like, uh, I think it's like the Brooklyn Bridge. It's like the whole thing is they they, they go to the construction site because there's like dinosaur bones in it, I want to say is like the thing. Yeah. Like she needs to to rope them into coming because uh, Scapelli's men don't want, you know, some NYU student poking around for dinosaur bones. I mean, what the fuck? Sure. Yeah. Uh, But they are, uh, as, as they go to this place, they are knocked out. By Iggy and Spike, who are the two best characters in the entire movie. Yes, Richard Edson and Fisher Stevens. Yes, uh, Fisher Stevens, thankfully not in blackface in this movie. <laughs> or brownface, rather. Yes, uh, yeah. Although I was not sure Stevens, the correct term. He is, he is also not dealing with a cookie monster virus, unfortunately. I was going to say my single favorite scene that Fisher Stevens is in in any movie is the handoff of the virus and hackers where he just like skates by and grabs the disc and then holds on to the back <laughs> of a limousine. Yeah. It's called Skitchin. <laughs> uh, yes. And Richard Edson best known for Ferris Bueller's day off probably as the guy that does the joy ride in Cameron's car. Cameron's yeah. dad's car, I guess. Boomba. Uh, but they kidnap Daisy uh, because Daisy uh, has a uh, 
piece of the meteorite uh, that fell to to Earth uh, that killed the dinosaurs and ended up creating a parallel dimension in which dinosaurs uh, evolved basically into like human beings and they have their own society and it's basically uh, just Blade Runner. I love how much of this movie is Dennis Hopper yelling, get that meteorite. Like, he says meteorite a lot. I do really like him just getting angry and boiling over and yelling plumbers. Yeah. And of course, uh, the Koopa kingdom has a dedicated plumber alert function. Cause that's <laughs> something that happens all the time when there are rogue plumbers running around. Uh, but like the the Koopa Kingdom is just this fucked up dystopic nightmare version of Manhattan, where like the twin towers, by the way, are like partly blowed the fuck up, sure. and that's where King Koopa lives. Yeah, Koopa Tower. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Koopa did nine eleven. Yeah, fire flowers can't melt steel beams. I mean, this really should have been the warning. If more mm. people had paid attention to Mario movie. Could have been avoided. They wish they uh, Just like Marky Mark. If Marky Mark had been on that plane, things would have been different, I'll tell you that. The whole Funky Bunch should have had cameos in this movie, I'm just saying. Surprised they didn't, considering there's a cameo from Mojo Nixon playing Toad. Yep, uh, with his little harmonica. Yeah. Uh, there's a really good bit, though, uh, while the Mario Brothers are lost in the in the Koopa City. Where, uh, Dino Hatton, by the way, is the proper canonical name of this. Nah. Uh, oh, come on. Dino Hatton is still a really good name. It's fine, but come on. It's Koopa Kingdom. Yeah, sure. The Koopa, Well, the Koopa Kingdom is basically like all of New York, I would say, and then Dino Hatton is just the capital. Okay, I mean, sure. On. To the five Koopa Dino in... boroughs. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, there, There is, before they get uh, captured... Uh, by the by the Goombas, or as Dennis Hopper would say, Goomba. <laughs> yes. I love that bit where he just like stares at one of them and goes, Goomba. And the Goomba <laughs> goes, Ah. Goomba. <laughs> uh, the Goombas are having a great time in this movie. They are. Uh,. They they get accosted by this old lady who uh, is just like, oh, it's very dangerous here without a weapon. Do you have one? And they're just like, no. And so she pulls out a fucking flamethrower and oh, starts no. screaming, Koopa coins! I need Koopa coins! It's a kettle prod. Oh, right. Well, there are flamethrowers in this thing. There are. Like, a lot of flamethrowers. So I could be forgiven for maybe thinking that it was. Yes. No, but yeah, yeah she's she, like, you need a weapon. You got one? No. Good. Hands up, you lamos! I need Koopa coins, and then just like keeps jabbing them with it. <laughs> so this is how lame-o. you know shit's real bad in Dino Hatton. Yeah, like it, it's uh, capitalism run amok. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, this movie's strangely prophetic. Um, yeah, yeah. Because because the thing is, King Koopa basically is just just Donald Trump in this movie. Like, there's actually a, a frame of this thing where if you pause it, he looks exactly like Trump yelling, and you would sure. think that it's a photo that is totally not. Uh, <sighs> if anyone wants to go back and look for it, it's specifically the part where King Koopa is put in the de-evolution chair. Uh, there, there you go. Everyone knows that uh, Donald Trump likes to 
sanitize his hands by dipping them in pink slime. He bathes in mud. Everybody knows this about yeah. him. What oh, was it? He says so, yeah, it's the... like, I love mud. It's so dirty and yet clean at the same time <laughs> or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's like pretty much what he says. <laughs> isn't true, I don't think, but all right. Well, technically, you, you, you like, Koopa. but he, he's saying like mud is mud, like it's not going to be dirty. I guess, like it's yeah. still clean mud, though dirty to other things. Maybe I think is what like he's that, going for. But that is the thing about King Koopa in this movie is he is a pronounced germaphobe. Yes. Like every time he has an interaction with the Mario Brothers, he just kind of is just like he needs people to like wipe his hands for him and everything. Like he's just disgusted to have touched them that he doesn't want to touch anything else. Yeah. And like because he is a dino man, he is always holding his hands up like a T Rex. Sure. I love Dennis Hopper in this movie. This is one of my favorite Dennis Hopper, Hopper roles, and I have seen Easy Rider. This yeah. is a better role for Dennis Hopper than Easy Rider. It's also one of my favorite Bob Hoskins roles and John Leguizamo yeah. roles, and basically everybody else involved. Yeah, you have Fiona Shaw in this movie. That's right. From uh, Great Fiona Shaw. Also, yes, definitely my favorite Mojo Nixon role while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, is uh, her favorite Fisher Stevens role, though? Ooh, well, no, that would be the, the dude from Hackers. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. Uh, but the, the Mario brothers are taken captive. They're, they're sent to lockup, uh, which is basically just a bunch of kennel cages stacked on top of each other. Um, and the then cops, they are interrogated like, by uh, King Koopa himself. It cannot um, be overstated how good all of the costume design and set design oh, man, is in it. Yeah. Like the cops just have like spikes on their shoulders for some reason. Like they're every, like they just stepped out of a Judas Priest concert. Yeah, I was going to say, like, everyone basically has the jacket from bad on. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's just a lot of, like, buckles and spikes and leather all over this world. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the set design, like, again, very, like, Blade Runner, and I, I really, really enjoy it. Like, they were definitely going for that sort of, we wanted dystopic cyberpunk future look to everything, and I think they actually completely nailed it. I agree. Also, Say what you will of, about the Mario Brothers movie, but it's got a look to it. Um, also, a lot of cool like background Easter eggs and stuff, which like I think the thing a lot of people get hung up on is that it barely resembles Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. But for one thing, which is not the I way that you should look at the movie. No, uh, but you know, there's stuff like bullet bills. There are bob bombs. There's the tiles in uh, Koopa's Castle are the same tiles from Mario 3. There are sniffets as garbage operators. There's oh, a lot man, in there. Yeah, yeah. there's a... Uh... A Brian Ferry song plays in the background at one point. <laughs> it was Love is the Drug, right? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, the... The, I, the, the thing that I wanted to get at, though, with them getting locked up is there's this really good bit of them uh, basically getting their mugshots taken, but they, like, tie them up Master Splinter style to the wall 
and mm-hmm. then like bring out these gun camera things that just look like fucking guns. And, they and so like Mario and Luigi, they're... Them. yeah, there's just like and there's a dozen laser sights just trained on the Mario Brothers. Yep. They think they're going to fucking die. Mario and Luigi think that they're fucking dead men, and then they just get their pictures taken, and it's... Hilarious. Obviously, this is not a visual medium, so I can't do it just as you need to look up the mugshots for Mario and Luigi, because they are fantastic. By the way, we didn't mention, their names are Luigi Mario and Mario Mario, because in this universe, Mario is their last name, but also Mario's first name. Yes, they're the Mario Brothers. That makes sense. Um, to me, they will always be Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Parker Bennett and Terry uh, Runty, uh, they, they really took the Mario Brothers thing literally. What are you talking about? Uh, it is written by Parker Bennett and Terry, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this name, oh, okay. R-U-N-T-E, but it's got the little thing over the E, so you pronounce it like a hard E. Look, I don't know the background information about this except for annabelle and rocky morton were the directors uh, also directors of uh, max headroom which explains a lot yeah the way this movie it really looks. does um uh, I'm, I'm looking at the the final writer for it is uh, ed solomon who actually has a lot of very notable writing credits uh that i will i'll list a few to you here that i know that you like uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay. Uh, he he co-wrote this. It says uh, same with Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah. Um, now that mm, Bogus Journey. Uh, now that's a movie. He worked on the script for Men in Black. Sure. Uh, did an uncredited revision for X Men. Hmm. Cleaning up David Peter's uh, work. Uh, yeah. It's like hey, yeah. Hater kind of crapped this up in a few places. I gotta clean it up. Yeah, and since then, uh, oh, he also did Charlie's Angels, which. Uh, yeah. uh, but since then, like a lot of movies that uh, I don't really recognize, but um, he also worked on Now You See Me Too, which speaking oh. of, uh, oh boy. that thing. Uh, but he is co-writing. Uh, thankfully, Bill and Ted face the music. So, okay, that's good. You get the original creative team back. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it's uh, Rocky Morton and Annabelle uh, Jenkel are the ones who directed Jankel. this movie. And uh, yeah, from from any article you read about the production of this movie, uh, from anyone you speak to who has worked on it, those two were fucking nightmares to work with. That's the thing. Like this movie in general, really sucked to make, and I think people yeah. often confuse that with it being a bad movie when. A lot of good movies really suck to make. In fact, ones that are fun to make usually aren't good. Yeah, I'm sure everyone on the set of Grown Ups had a great time for was, their paid vacation. I was but... just about to say, like, every Adam Sandler movie is just him on vacation somewhere and they bring a camera and they're probably great to make, but all bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I I Stanley knew Kubrick, a, uh, a a notoriously happy guy who uh, well, yeah, everything was just a blast on all of his sets. 
Uh, to be fair, though, there's that famous Al- Alfred Hitchcock story of him, like, stringing an actress up on, like, a dolly grip or something and just, like, leaving her there while everyone went to go get lunch. And that sounds like a hoot, and all his movies are great. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it seems like it'd be fun to work for him, and he also makes good movies. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, I, I took film production courses, and uh, the special effects course I, I took was taught by a man who did uh, special effects for movies like uh, Blind Fury. Uh, he did special effects R. for R. Popeye. Rutger Hauer. Yeah, rest r- r- in peace on Rutger Hauer. Popeye, great movie. Yeah, criminally underrated. People hate Popeye. I think that is a fantastic little movie. I, I can understand why, because it is 100% a Robert Altman movie. Like he sure. did not compromise anything. Also, the effects in it are crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he worked on Popeye. He also worked on um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was one of his more recent credits. Uh-huh. I wish I could remember this guy's name. That would help. Uh, <laughs> if I looked up the credits for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, I'm sure I can find it. Cross-reference those movies. You'll figure his name out, I'm sure. I think it would uh, be also easier worked... to look at the credits for one of the others, because I bet... Abraham yes. Lincoln had a bunch of CGI people on it. Probably did, but I imagine they would break it out into like a, a practical practical effects crew too, because he was doing uh, practical effects specifically. Maybe. Um, but he also worked on the Super Mario Brothers movie, and so I did have an opportunity at one point to sit down and kind of talk to him about his experience. And there's nothing I can really share in particular, like specifically that he told me that contradicts any of the other stories about that movie was miserable to be on. Um, but I did get to like completely geek out because there is a, a sequence in this where they take a uh, mattress and they write it down a tube while some dumb like surfer butt rock plays. Yes. And Goombas chase after them on another <laughs> mattress and are like hitting their heads on icicles and stuff. And uh, I was able to confirm that he did have a hand in crafting that scene. Great. So I love that part. Me too. Like, again, that's the thing. Like, no, they are not, like, jumping into a giant green warp pipe and going bloop, bloop, bloop and coming out somewhere else. But guess what? They hop on a mattress with a bunch of kidnapped princesses or who they thought were princesses, I guess, and just ride down a tube. Yeah, and And then they pop out the other end and it's not just that they flop out. Like, they fly on it like a magic carpet for a while. Yes. Over King Koopa's head. Yep. Or no, I think they crash into King Koopa. Mm, I, I can't remember what they do. Yeah, there's there's a whole sequence in this where they go to a place called the Boom Boom Bar and they meet Big Bertha, which is just this this hulking black lady in a like red mini dress that is just nothing but spikes. Yeah, and Luigi has a love interest in Daisy. I don't think it'd be controversial to argue that Mario's love interest love interest is Big Bertha. Yeah, because like, he's she... not into it at first. But yeah, later. but later on when they see each other again, they, you know, they they, like, they hey, share that hey, knowing hey. glance with each other. Yeah. But like Big Bertha, like at some point she has the meteorite around her neck, if I remember right. Yes, so like Mario needs to basically so... seduce her to get it. <laughs> I want to Mario... say it's a bit where he basically just goes into her cleavage to bite the meteorite. Yep, he like comes up with it in his teeth and it's a hilarious moment for everybody. Oh, uh, man. 
they put on these like jumping. Sh- oh well, we're also, like also completely blowing Mario's is... heart with the devolution machine. Well, wait, but Mario is also wearing a bright yellow suit at that point for the yeah. club segment. <laughs> Mario's signature look: bright yellow canary yellow blazer. Oh man. Uh, but we are blown past the de-evolution chair, which is uh, Koopa uh, unsatisfied with the answers he's getting from the Mario Brothers uh, during the interrogation. He also, like, tries to choke Luigi to death. Yeah. Or, like, or cave his head in. I can't remember which. It, it's been a while since I've actually sat down and watched the movie. Um, but they, they have a chair that the whole point of it is it can de-evolve any creature. So in the case of uh, Toad, also, played by the great Mojo Nixon, also it says he is it, put inside... It's like, evolve. He evolve when you turn the little knob because it also just has a knob that just says de-evolve yep it couldn't be more easy uh but mojo nixon gets turned into a goomba yeah uh and then the, the mario brothers are next obviously they would become monkeys because uh, koopa it, it, like his whole plot basically is he wants to break into our world and de-evolve uh the humans there and take it over yes de-evolve um, us through use of a uh super scope Oh, God, yes. Because, yeah, he makes it mobile at one point, and it is literally just a super scope. Yeah. Uh, he shoots Scapelli and turns him into a monkey, and then he points at him and he goes, Monkey! monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is Scapelli at the end. I forgot about that. Yeah, I love King Koopa's childlike wonderment at the different animals that he sees. Yeah. Boomba. Uh, there's also Koopas, because, uh, like, there's basically a fungus people, and then there's dinosaur people, and the Goombas uh, are just, like, they, they have huge hulking linebacker bodies and these, like, um, these trench coats that they're wearing and they, these big metallic shoes, but tiny, little, tiny shrunken heads, like the end of Beetlejuice. Yes, I was going it to just, say, like, it's like a cross between the guy in Beetlejuice and uh, David Byrne in Stop Making Sense. <laughs> that's a very good way to put it uh and then the koopas are just the same thing but little lizard uh heads um, although the goombas of... or the koopas some of them have like kareem abdul jabbar goggles Goomba. yeah they do not sure why only a few I don't of know them either. have them it's just a really good touch yeah uh but koopa decides to evolve uh iggy and spike and make them smart boys so they can hunt down the Mario Brothers. Uh, and I really like that this is just the typical, like, 90s thing of dumb character becomes smart, so they just, like, say E equals MC square and, like, <laughs> quote Shakespeare at some point. Yeah, he's like, just like, undubitably my uh, loquacious brother, or whatever. It's just, like, have them say as many big words as you can. Exactly. Uh, more big words equals smarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iggy and Spike are the best. Um, they're great. But the Mario Brothers, at some point, they also get metal shoes, and it's basically like their super jump. They just have like these springs on it. Yep. Which oh, they also load cool. with bullet bills. Yes. Oh man. Um, also, those speaking shoes of weird... are the same shoes from the Gravity uh, Prison in Face Off. Oh yeah, they are. Or magnetic, I guess not, not gravity, but yeah, the magnetic prison from Face Off. Literally the same props. I'm wondering which one of those movies came first, though. 
It's Mario Brothers, right? It would have to be Mario. Mario Brothers yeah. is three. And Face Off was like, what, 97, 98? It wasn't that late, but I'm pretty sure it was after Mario. Well, uh, look, look it up for me real quick, because uh, I'm curious. I also want to mention, uh, speaking of weird looking... Um, oh yeah, Face Off is 97. I thought it was like 95. Uh, 97 seems about right to me, so... Um, yeah, speaking of weird lizard things, uh, Yoshi in this movie is just a, a hyper-realistic-looking tiny velociraptor puppet. Huh? He looks so gross. He is just dripping with slime. Just this oily little fleshy Yoshi. Yes, it looks like, like he is just hatched at every moment. Yeah. Uh, say what you will about the way Yoshi looks now with his grotesque human hands or the fact that in like Smash Brothers when he does a kick... He suddenly gets like hyper developed like thigh muscles. Nothing is more gross than the Yoshi from the Mario Brothers movie. I mean, it's just a dinosaur, though. But it's also like, yeah, but he's, he's so slimy and everything, and like the way that the animatronic moves is just so sort of disconcerting because it's not it's nowhere near the quality of something like obviously a Jurassic Park or something like that. It's much more obvious that this is just a puppet, uh, but. I'm not saying that to be like disparaging. I also think that this just works so perfectly well with the rest of the visual design of this movie. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, like of course for the Mario Brothers movie, Yoshi would just be a very realistic-looking raptor. Yes. Anything else would be weird. Um, well, and then also there are the Goombas. Oh yeah, nasty little Goombas. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, looking at the uh, cast, something that I did not realize, uh, Dan Castellaneta is the narrator who says, Goodbye, dinosaurs! Yep. I thought that was um, Bob Hoskins actually doing it. Me too. Uh, until yeah. not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, like, do you think yeah, that so was I... supposed to be Bob Hoskins and he refused to come back to record it and so they just got Homer Simpson and were like, here, do a Bob Hoskins impression? But not like regular Bob Hoskins, like Bob Hoskins as Mario. So this movie actually had a totally different intro from what I remember. Because uh, a, a fairly recent thing, like within the last few months, is a uh, Twitter account that basically is run by like the de facto authority on the super mario brothers movie got Me. a hold of some vhs tapes oh. that just had like mario movie deleted scenes scribbled on them uh and i want to say one of the things he posted was that this had a whole extended opening sequence so i imagine because like the the cartoon stuff they do at the start of this is very bad looking yes it is it looks like it was made in mario paint actually yeah uh, which makes me think that they possibly cut that, like some of the intro down, and we're just like, we actually need something to sort of set the movie up at the start of this. So we need to whip some crappy animation together, and we need somebody to do the voiceover, and we can't get a hold of Bob Hoskins. So uh, Dan Kesselanetta, he does voice work. I'm this is 1993. Of... He's still affordable. Oh, yeah, I guess at this point, it... yeah. Uh, I kind of wonder if that bit at the beginning was made that way specifically to look kind of like a video game because it is so pixely possibly yeah but, i never thought about um, it like that but also it has way too much detail for that to 
Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I, like, it was probably something that was actually drawn, and then they kind of just pixel filtered it or something. I still, though, with, like, the budget that this movie had, and the fact that I'm pretty sure that this was, like, an afterthought, probably was just more to do with it being cheap. Maybe. Pay, pay someone's kid to whip this up. Maybe. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, the, the, there's a, a whole bit with uh, like the king of the Mushroom Kingdom has uh, just turned into a network of fungus. And so there's a few points in the movie where they just say trust, trust the fungus because it's like trying to yeah, it's trying to lead them on. Um, there's like a throne room that's just covered in it and there's like a little crown on the seat. He's got a weird that's little sad. egg thing that comes out of it to say hi to his daughter. Yeah, and she's like she's into it. She's just like, oh, it's my dad. Yeah. Hi, Dad. Love you, Pop. Sorry about the fungus thing. Sorry about your fungus, King Toad, whatever his name would be. Yeah, King Toad, whatever. I don't know. You can't talk to me. I'm your daughter. I don't know what your name is. King Peach. I guess it'd be King Toadstool, yeah. right? Yeah, it would probably just be King Toadstool. Because at this point in time, uh, I think Princess Peach was still primarily referred to as Princess Toadstool. Stool. Yeah, that's also kind of the weird thing is that she's called Daisy here when obviously Daisy's yeah. a different character. But at the time, people still referred to her as Princess Daisy. Yeah, because I, I think Mario Land would have come out definitely by this point. I, I don't think they started calling her Princess Peach until Mario 64. I think that was actually yeah. the point where that sort of got solidified. Uh, or was, um, it, was it in World? Was it in that uh, message at the beginning? Oh, it might be. I'm not 100% on that, because I more remember in Nintendo 64, like, her signing her letter with Peach. Yes, uh, I also remember that. Yeah. That's probably the first time I actually noticed it. But I'm just wondering if it showed up before then. Because I think that was also maybe like a Dr. Robotnik, Dr. Eggman thing, where I think they called her peach in japan but then the american localization was toadstool and then at some point they were like no this is the canon the canonical like we're calling her this yes kind of thing. um yeah possibly uh, hey, yes. i don't in, know in this japan just her, me speculating in japan her name has always been princess peach in the west she was originally known as princess toadstool due to nintendo of america renaming her when localizing super mario brothers uh, feeling Peach a... was irrelevant to the theme of the Mushroom Kingdom. Okay, yeah. But I was going to say that's a weird renaming because Peach is just like a perfectly fine name. One episode of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show had the character refer to herself as Princess P. Uh, hmm. Yoshi, 1993, the English version of Yoshi Safari was the first time that the name Princess Peach was used outside of Japan. But it did not oh, catch weird. on for Western players until it was used again in Mario 64. Okay. So maybe so it, it was wasn't mentioned world, in but world. it still predated Mario 64 to some degree. Right, but it didn't appear here until 1993, which is the same year this movie came out. Okay. So then still calling her Daisy makes more sense in light of the fact that Peach was not considered the adopted name in America. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> well, history lesson. Real... Yeah, speaking of Princess Peach, there's a really good bit where they're trying to like uh, force the the uh, meteorite shard back in, or like 
Fiona Shaw is trying to force it back in, and it doesn't go too well for her because she gets like flung against a wall and completely flattened out, like skeleton yes. just embedded into the wall. Oh yeah. Also, the effects in this movie still pretty good, which is surprising. Yeah, they all... yeah again, considering this movie didn't have a tremendous budget or anything. Um, I think ha- ha- just having mostly practical effects and set design goes a long way because pretty much all of the like matte there are some matte paintings and stuff but all of the superimposed uh, effects are basically just the lightning and the uh, portal stuff there is uh two two other bits of this well well, like three other bits of this movie that definitely want to touch on um but but speaking of effects that maybe did not look so great, there there's a fight sequence at the end of the movie where Mario is fighting Koopa on a bridge, appropriately. Sure. Another little nod that maybe people put, wouldn't quite pick up on, because it doesn't look exactly like the bridge, but... Uh, Mario finds a bomb that has, like, slowly been making its way to him throughout the movie, and people are terrified of bombs. They know exactly what they are. So everyone sees it and just yells, bomb And starts fleeing. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's not even a big sized bomb. It's like a little tiny. Um, it's just a wind up. I'm trying to, yeah, little little wind up toy bomb, uh, which looks adorable. Like if they made something like that, I would totally buy it. I feel like they did back then. They had to have because there's no way you couldn't make something like that on the cheap. Uh, I feel but, like it was like a Happy Meal toy or something. Mm, that sounds. Uh, there's also a little bit of like trivia about this movie. At some point, Bob Hoskins like wounded his hand. So like in this scene and a few others, he has like a cast on that they kind of like painted more flesh tone. Was it his hand or his foot? I thought it was his hand because like you oh, see, he has something wrapped around his hand. It's hand. I'm in, thinking in this of scene um, specifically. Rumble in the Bronx. There's a part where Jackie Chan just straight up broke his foot when he jumped off a building, and so he's just like wearing a cast for the rest of the movie nice yeah it's just like it's Uh, the same thing like they just painted a shoe on it (laughs) would look way worse yeah that's great (laughs) he just has like one really big shoe kind of like when uh when people have like one leg that's shorter than the other ones they have to have like the huge platform at the bottom of the shoe yeah yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Sure. Look, when I Google Rumble in the Bronx cast, I don't want to know who was in Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> but Google seems to think I do. Uh, but King Koopa gets uh, de-evolved at this point, which is another, like, uh, a really neat reference that they do. Although, um, I think at this point in time, when did Mario World come out? Was that, like, 93? That was no ninety two because it was with the launch okay. of the Super Nintendo. Okay, so that makes more sense than this bit where like Koopa flies back into this large uh, cauldron, and then when he emerges, he is like dinosaur version King Koopa, and it looks a lot like just Koopa in his clown car. Oh wow, Mario World was nineteen ninety. Okay, then this definitely is like okay. a reference to Mario World because right. it's it's it was... just Koopa. In- it was late 91 here, so that's that's why. But yes. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, another one was um, uh, the whole bit of King Koopa ordering a pizza. Yeah. There's <laughs> just this really long extended gag of him ordering gross shit on his pizza. Yeah, he wants like <laughs> what? Salamanders or something? Yeah. And then like I think later on the pizza delivery guy's like looking for him. Yes. Like I think they followed through on it. Nice running bit. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, you know, everything works out. They they defeat uh, King Koopa. They all return back to the real world. And then three weeks later, uh, the Mario Brothers, they're they're sitting down uh, for dinner. You know, the movie's wrapping up. Uh, uh, the TV declares them the Super Mario Brothers for having saved Manhattan. And then Daisy, she, uh, she shows up. She's in full battle dress. And uh, she's just like, you're never going to believe this. The end. Credits, credits come in. They set up their future movie, but before the movie is actually over, we get a post-credit sequence, something that is not as commonplace back in the 90s as it is today. No, it was not. I did not know it existed until the DVD came out. And yeah. Was, and I watched well, it. Well, I didn't, I didn't watch this movie until it was well after the fact on DVD. I know. Because uh, I'm the one that got you to watch it. Oh, Yeah. Uh, but two Japanese businessmen, they are uh, proposing a video game based on Iggy and Spike, who are now on Earth, and uh, they want to call it the Super Koopa Cousins. Yes. Which I really, really like. And I wish that were again, because I would definitely play, like, a 16-bit Koopa Cousins game with, like, 16-bit sprite art Fisher Stevens. <laughs> like, it wouldn't even be them as Koopas. It would just be, like, Fisher Stevens... And uh, Richard Hudson. You know, there were so many weird NES or Super Nintendo games of like random movies, stuff like Time Cop or whatever, or Home Alone, where you get the really bad pixelized versions of the actors that I'm surprised there was not one of Hackers, where you would get the pixely Fisher Stevens. You know, you say that, but like actually a Hackers uh, like adventure game would be kind of neat sure i'm I, but i feel like that's the sort of game you could get away with now like if you made something sort of like shenzhen yes. io or exapunks or something but based around hackers but back then i don't know that really would have flew but like just imagine a lucas arts version of hackers well sure direct uh johnny lee miller to pick up the Rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle. Oh, Easy. Man. The whole sequence where you have to disarm the cookie monster virus and it just gives you like a text input field. <laughs> you just the took a you idiot. <laughs> no, like if you don't get it right enough times, Fisher Stevens' character just looks at you and says, type cookie, you idiot. Yeah, that's the one segment. That's where you play as Pendulette. Oh, man. It would be like a digitized version of his voice from the movie. <laughs> Cookie, you idiot. Just like that. <laughs> I really want this game to exist now. Me too. All you weird asses out there with your Patreons and your Kickstarters, get on this. I will fund the hackers uh video game adaption. Oh man. But but yeah, this is a uh a movie that is uh widely regarded as being just wet trash. Unfair. Left 
it it is it is a movie that people will frequently just chomp at the bit to tell you is awful uh do not listen to those people they are wrong no it's great uh, yes uh this movie was made on a budget of 48 million by the way box office uh 20.9 million dollars so this thing definitely bombed uh back then so unfortunately we're never going to get the mario brothers the movie too well which... i can i can tell you that young me had the vhs of it i still do in fact uh there's a Blu-ray of it now that is only like only in Europe. Now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very That's annoying. Up. Yeah. Because the DVD is also like non-anamorphic and just really bad in general. Mm. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, but uh, then, yeah, just well known way. that the development development of this movie was rough. There's a lot of stuff about uh, just uh, people drinking a whole lot on the set. Um, my one of my favorite stories about this thing is like John Leguizamo was getting high a lot, and they were kind of worried that like Bob Hoskins would think less of them of it. And then when Bob Hoskins found out, he was just like, "You guys fucking holding out on me? Yes, give me some weed." <laughs> John Leguizamo is just bragging to everybody, "I'm gonna be in Spawn, you know. I'm gonna be <laughs> the clown." Uh, in a few years' time, Stephen Seagal is going to assault me, and it's going to be <laughs> hilarious. Wait till you guys see this thing we got in development called the Pest. <laughs> it's got the best opening sequence of any movie. Uh, I can't wait for the Yo Noid episode of this podcast where we somehow just start talking about the Pest a whole lot. Yeah. Not sure why I connect those two things in my head, other than the fact that those characters are similar and that they exist to annoy people. Exactly. Uh, the Pest, uh, one of the most well-known adaptations of Surviving the Game. <laughs> That's right. Or the most dangerous game, I guess. Surviving the Game is the Ice-T, uh, Gary Busey one. Oh, God. Yeah, that, uh, that trailer for The Hunt really is something, and I'm surprised it took that long for them to pull it off of, uh... Off of movies. Okay. Goomba. Spe- well, I'll talk about it briefly. Speaking of surviving the game, they are doing another one of those. It's called The Hunt. It's by the people who did The Purge. But the premise seems to be that globalists are kidnapping deplorables. And so, unless I'm missing some sort of satirical element to this, it seems like the deplorable people are meant to be the good guys that the audience connects with and roots for. And so that trailer has like a bit of Ethan Suplee going like the globalists are kidnapping us and trying to kill us and they never follow up on it and that was attached to the Hobson Shaw uh series of trailers when I went to see that movie uh and this happened like a day after people got shot to death so that seemed like a bad idea uh but they've since uh, taken that trailer off of movies is my understanding so I'm just surprised it took it Yep, I didn't see it. I saw a bunch of other trailers for movies I don't care about. Yeah. I mean, that was basically everything else. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm pretty sure I know what we're going to say about this, but uh, verdict on Super Mario Brothers movie, would you recommend it to people? And if you did, because uh, I know your answer is going to be yes, how would you try to sell someone who is adamantly like in the camp of this movie is bad? First of all, this is an A+. When I made a list of my 100 top movies of all time, it was somewhere around 25. Uh, Mm. Outranking many movies that people would probably consider better. But uh, I stand by it. 
I would say if somebody's looking for a direct adaptation of the Mario lore or whatever, and just wait because you're going to get that with that DreamWorks one. That's going to be bad. Oh, yeah. So they're going to get their wish. But if you want to see just like a good, weird sci-fi movie, do a whole lot worse than Mario Brothers. This is also like an easier recommendation for me. Uh, I was one of those people who was uh, pretty sure that the Mario Brothers movie was bad, even though I hadn't seen it. Um, back in the day before you convinced me to watch it. And then I was like, uh, hey, check it out. It's on YouTube in like 20 parts. Click yeah. this and let's oh. take a look. Well, back then we, we basically had a forum and one of the things we did every weekend was we would pick a bad movie and we would kind of sync it up and watch it as a group and just sort of like, you know, riff on it for funsies. But not um, always bad. And I, th- Well, that's the thing is at that point in time, they were pretty much always bad. We watched like Turkish Star Wars. We had uh, America the 3, original 000. Dragon Ball movie. Um. But, like, I think you more or less tricked me into watching it by going, like, okay, yeah, we'll do it for the bad movie night. And then turns out, actually, it's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which, props to you, that's that's really good. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the majority of the people who don't, who think this movie is bad, probably have not actually sat down and watched the movie. Or, at the very least, have not sat down and watched the movie with an open mind. They've come in with this very preconceived notion of what it is and that they're going to hate it. Yep. Um, if if you divorce Mario Brothers from it and you treat it as a early '90s sci-fi fantasy uh, action comedy for a younger crowd that has some tenuous connections to a video game, it is a very fun movie. It's a very imaginative movie. Uh, I I like the script. I think it's snappy and it's fun. And the the actors, despite the fact that all of them were miserable, uh, they all did a very wonderful job with the roles that they were given. Uh, so I definitely recommend. Yeah, I, w- I was wondering what the runtime is on this—an hour forty-four—and you know, doesn't really feel like it. No, the this is a mega-sized episode because, frankly, this started out as, "Hey, we got to touch on Super Mario Brothers games. Those are very big, big games, very deserving of time and attention." But you know what else is the Mario Brothers movie? That's right. But like, it, it, someone argue just... more so than the games. It's just very breezy too like i can watch that and feel like no time has passed at all yeah yeah uh yeah also the the super mario brothers games those are, yeah play those those are good too yeah no, really good never. especially three get those little the toad houses pick the card yeah yeah you do the thing where it's like lining up the different parts of the uh actual like star or the fire flower mm-hmm or the yeah the the um get the flute and play the flute takes you to the other place. Yeah. There's, it there's plays the world the, with the, the Zelda big... music, and I can't remember if that was from Zelda first or if it was from Mario three first. I think it was Mario three that did that first. I think it was Mario. Uh, and then, then there's the world with the big Goombas. And the everything's Ooh, big. Then there's the one where everything's small. Goomba. Goomba. <laughs> Please just edit in Dennis Hopper saying Goomba at a bunch of random points in this episode. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Goomba! Walk tall! Be proud! Go Goomba! Thank you. Uh, 
we'll be back next week where we probably won't talk about another video game movie. I'll pick out some games that we can actually like have a discussion about. I mean, there aren't many instead game of Mario movies. Brothers, which just was like that's eh, fucked. We can't talk about that. Yeah, there there aren't many game movies worth talking about anyway until we reach Dead or Alive. Ooh, or look, at some point we're going to have to talk about the Sonic games. Maybe I bite the bullet and watch that movie and just try to describe it to you. That's how it's going to have to go because I am not going to watch it. No, I'm not going to even put that expectation on you, frankly. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll be back next week. I still don't have a good sign-off. Bye-bye. That's it. Goodbye, dinosaurs. <laughs> that should be it. Should be okay, every time now. that's it now. Goodbye, Goodbye dinosaurs. dinosaurs. You have to you have to do the slur to s like he says it like oh the great I'm gonna have to that practice that a whole lot. Goodbye dinosaurs. That's okay. That's okay. Okay, whatever. Get out of here. Good enough. Yeah. You got one? No. All right. Get him up, sucker! Oh, 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 o